Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans today, September 6th, and it's 9.22 a.m. We thank God for another day. We thank God for new life. We thank God for health. We thank God that we can see, we can walk, we can talk. We have a voice and our mind is free. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to direct our path today. I ask him to speak through me with clarity in the name of Jesus. And he has a song, a prophetic song, and the word of God, which is the truth. And so therefore today, one of the songs is I found a friend. What a friend I found. And I pray that all of you has found this friend that I love so much. What a friend I found. Closer than a brother. I have felt your touch more intimate than lovers. Jesus, 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 you're my friend forever what a hope i found more faithful than a mother it would break my heart to ever lose each other Jesus, 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 you're my friend forever. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're my friend forever. I've got a friend, his name is the Holy Spirit also. Welcome Holy Spirit. Be here in our presence. Fill us with your power. Live inside of me. You're the living water, never dying fountain, comforter and counselor, take complete control, welcome Holy Spirit, be here with your presence. 
Fill me with your power. Live inside of me. And he is the living water. Let your living water flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has clouded my mind. All my cares and burdens unto you I roll. Father, 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 let's call on Jesus, 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 let's call on the Spirit, 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 Spirit. Come now, Holy Spirit, and take control. Hold me in your loving arms and make me whole. Wipe away all doubt and fear and pride in me. Draw me to your love and keep me by your side. Father, Father, Father. Let's call on Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let's call on the Spirit, 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 Spirit. And the Word of God today, the message is the power of the Word of God. David said in the Psalms that, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I will not sin against thee. Power belongs to God. Psalm 62, 11. Remember, power belongs to God. The word of God says in Psalm 62, 11, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongs unto God. So, the message today is the power of the Word of God. The power that belongs to God is stored in a great reservoir of His own Word, the Bible. If we wish to make it ours, we must go to the Bible. Yet people who are praying for power but neglecting the, power, the, the, the Bible abound in the church. Let me say that again. I always hear people saying, Lord, give me more power. Lord, give me more power. And I used to say that too. Lord, give me more power until I get the understanding. You've got to go in the Word of God. You have to eat up the Word of God. Yet people who are praying for power, 
but they're neglecting the Bible, but they're staying in the church. A lot of them do not pick up that Bible to read. The only time they get that word is when they sit in church. Many long to have power for fruit bearing in their own lives, yet they forget that Jesus has said, the seed is the word of God. Now you hear a lot of people say, oh, sow your seed, and they really talking about sowing your money. The seed is the word of God. Luke chapter eight, verse 11. The seed is the word of God. They long to have power to melt the cold heart and break the stubborn will. Yet they forget that God has said, Is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29. If we are to obtain fullness of power in life and service, we must feed on the word of God. No other food is so strengthening. If we will not take time to study the Bible, we cannot have power any more than we can have physical strength if we will not take time to eat nutritious food. Let us see what the Word of God has the power to do. It has the power to convict us of sin. First of all, the Word of God has the power to convict sin. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, we read, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? If we look to see what they heard that produced this deep conviction, we find that it was simply the word of God. If we will read Peter's sermon, we will find it to be one of the most biblical sermons ever preached. When I read that, I thought Peter was, was, was preaching the whole word from front to cover. It was scripture from beginning to end. It was the word of God carried home by the Spirit of God that pricked their minds and hearts. The Spirit of God will prick your mind and your heart. If you wish to produce conviction, we must give people the word of God. Don't give them pastor so-and-so or prophet so-and-so or evangelist so-and-so. Give them the word of God. Once I heard a man pray this. I heard plenty of people pray this. Oh God, convict us of sin. It was a very good prayer. But unless we bring our souls into contact with the instrument God had designed for the conviction of sin, we will feel nothing. The word of God will convict you of sin. And if we desire to produce conviction in others, we must use the word of God. The word of God is the power will cut and will heal you. And so, the word of God has the power to regenerate. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, we read, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. James chapter 1, verse 18 says, Of his own will, 
he he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures well i'm telling you i almost got in trouble one time i was at a church and they were asking for first fruit offering <laughs> and and i don't know whether i was mature or immature but all i heard in my spirit to get up and put my finger up i got up and put my finger up and the pastor said uh you can speak and i said jesus christ became the first fruit of them that that slept they look at me like i was just lost it but that what came to me the first fruit is not the money let's get it if you wish to be born again the way is very simple take the word of god concerning christ crucified and risen and store it in your heart by meditating on it look to god by his holy spirit to quicken it believe it with your heart and the work will be done. You know when you plant something, the tree comes up, ah, but it doesn't look so good then. So you put some good soil there and then you come put some fertilizer. Next thing you know, it's quicker. Next thing you know, it's greener. Next thing you know, wow, it's alive. Believe it with your heart and the work will be done. If you wish to see someone else born again, give him the word of God. Although God's part in the process of regeneration is a mystery to us, our part is quite simple. The human heart is the soil. You and I are sowers. The word of God is a seed that we plant in that soil. God quickens it by his Holy Spirit and gives the increase. But how can we sow the word if we don't have the word inside of us? To let the Holy Spirit quicken us with the word when we're speaking to someone to give them the right word. The word of God is a seed that we plant in that soil. God quickens it by his Holy Spirit and gives the increase. First Corinthians chapter three, verse, verse six says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. The heart closes around the word by faith. And the new life is the product. The new birth is simply the impartation of a new nature, God's nature. But how are we made partakers of God's nature? Take some time out to read Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 or read the whole of chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 says, that through these exceedingly great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. That is all there is to it. The word of God is a seed out of which the divine nature springs up in the human soul. And so that's how we get the saving faith. The word of God also has a power to produce faith. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we read, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can never get faith by merely praying. Oh, sometimes we pray, Oh, Lord, give me more faith. Give me more faith. No, you can never get it by an effort of the will. You can never get it by trying to pump it up in any way. Faith is the effect of a certain cause. And that cause is the word of God. 
Such is the case, for example, with saving faith. Suppose you want a man to have saving faith. Simply give him something definite from God's word on which he can rest. The Philippian jailer asks, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? In Acts chapter 16 verse 30. And Paul and Silas answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. But they did not stop there. Take some time out, you, you, you read that scripture. They did not stop there. So in verse 32, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. So the word of God was sown to him and his household. They did not merely tell the Philippian jailer to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and then leave him there floundering. They didn't. They did not leave him there floundering in the dark with dark understanding. They gave him something to believe or something for his faith to rest on. They gave him what God has ordained to produce faith. It is at this point that we often make a mistake. We tell people, believe, 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 but do not show them how or give them anything definite to believe. The biblical way and the intelligent way as well is when you tell a person to believe and give him something in which to believe. Give him, for example, Isaiah 53 verse 6, and thus hold on, and thus hold up Christ crucified, or give him 1 Peter 2 24. Here he has something for his faith to rest on. Faith must have a foundation. It cannot float in thin air. It is disheartening to see people told to believe when they are not given anything in which to believe. And so we also have prevailing faith. See, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, they gave him something. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body, on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were saved. So you have to give them something. And in Isaiah 53 verse 6, you have to give them something. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. We have to give them the word of God. Prevailing faith. Not only does saving faith come through the word of God, but also prevailing faith in prayer. Suppose I read Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I used to say the way to get anything I want is to believe I am getting, I'm going to get it. And a lot of people still say that. And they go out to say, oh, I'm claiming that. I would kneel down and pray trying to believe 
but I did not get the things that I asked for. I had no real faith. Real faith must have a guarantee. Before I can truly believe I am to receive what I asked for, I must have a definite promise from God's word or a definite leading of the Holy Spirit to rest my faith on. What then should we do? We go into God's presence with the thing we desire. Next, we ask ourselves this question. Is there any promise in God's word regarding what we desire? We look into the word of God and find a promise. Then all we have to do is to present that promise to God. For example, we say, Heavenly Father, we desire the Holy Spirit. You say in your word, if you then, being evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke chapter 11, verse 13. And again in Acts 2, verse 39, that the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will the call. I've been said, I am saved. And here in your word is your promise. So fill me now with the Holy Spirit. We then take First John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15, which says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. And say, Father, I have the confidence in you that if I ask anything according to your will, and I know that this petition is according to your will, you hear me. And since I know that you hear me, I know that I have the request that I have asked of you. Then we stand on God's promise and say, it is mine, and it will be. You can't go claiming nothing if you have no word. The only way to have a faith that prevails in prayer is to study your Bible, know the promises, and present them to God. The word of God also gives us the faith we need to dispel doubt. Suppose you have a skeptic to deal with, and you desire that he will receive faith. What will you do with him? To begin with, turn to John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. Clearly then, this book of John was given that through those things which are written in it, Revelation chapter 1, 3, men may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing they may have life in his name. The Gospel of John is an inspired book on Christian evidence. Normally, when I minister to someone and they accept Jesus, I turn them on to the book of John and let them eat and read and study. Then find out whether the skeptic's will is surrendered or not. If anyone wants to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority, John 7, 17. After the will has been surrendered, just say, take this book and read it. Read it thoughtfully and honestly. 
then come back and tell me the result. The result is absolutely sure. No person, agnostic, infidel, or whatever you please, can read the Bible, asking the Holy Spirit to give him light, without believing in Jesus as the Christ. The Son of God, provided his will is surrendered to the truth. I've tried this with many men and women, and there has never been one exception to the rule laid down by Christ. It has always come out the same way. Faith that wins mighty victories for God, that gets the victory over the world, the flesh and the devil, comes through the word. See John chapter 1, see 1 John 5 and 4, and Ephesians 6 and 16. Very early in, 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 in ministry, I met so many people as the Holy Spirit was teaching me line upon line, precepts upon precepts. And it got to the point where one day he said to me, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So stay in the word of God. So I ate it more than I ate my natural food. Romans 10 and 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I have learned the great secret of faith, one of the greatest secrets I have ever learned. I began to feed my faith on the word of God, and it has been growing ever since. So, in every respect, see that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But if you're not putting the word of God in you and reading it and hearing it, then what? If we are to have faith, we must feed daily, steadily, largely on the word of God. The word of God also cleanses us. The word of God has the power to cleanse. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 26, we read, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. The word of God has the power not only to take impurities out of the heart, but to cleanse the outward life as well. If you want a clean outward life, you must wash it often by bringing your life into contact with the word of God. If one lives in a city whose atmosphere is polluted with smoke, his hands will get black. Just go out somewhere in Nassau for a day. When you come back and you put that shower on, you're going to see the dirt that rolls off you. You must wash frequently if he wishes to keep you clean. We all live in a very dirty world whose spiritual atmosphere is polluted. As we go from day to day, coming in contact with it. There is only one way to keep clean, by taking frequent baths in the word of God. You must bathe every day and take plenty of time to do it because when you go, you hear this one cursing, that one swearing, and so much, and then you, it all goes in your mind. So you need to get home, wash physically, but wash spiritually but by the word of God daily. A daily prolonged thoughtful bath in the word of God is the only thing that will keep a clean life. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, Wherewithal 
shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed there too, according to thy word. The word of God also builds character. The word of God has the power to build up. In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, we read, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Character building should be done according to the word of God. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 7, I want you to take some time to read that. We have a picture of a seven-story Christian Christian built on the foundation of faith. The great trouble today is that we have too many one-story Christians because of their neglect of the word. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, we have a similar thought expressed in a different way. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If we are to grow, we must have wholesome, nutritious food and plenty of it. You know, when the baby is born, they tell you that, you know, feed the baby baby's milk, uh, mother's milk. That begins the nourishment. And then we have to feed our physical body nourishing food. Then, as newborn babes, we must feed ourselves with the pure word of God, not polluted. So when we get saved, we don't need Tom, Dick, and Harry to tell us this, that, or, or religion and tradition. We need the word of God. The only spiritual food that contains all the elements necessary for balanced Christian growth is the word of God. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If we are to grow, we must have wholesome, nutritious food and plenty of it. The only spiritual food that contains all the elements necessary for balanced Christian growth is the Word of God. A Christian can no more grow up in good health without feeding frequently, regularly, and largely on the Word of God than a baby can grow up in good health without proper nutrition. The Word of God has the power to give wisdom. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, is worthy of the most careful attention. The entrance of your words gives light. I'll repeat that. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. There is more wisdom in the Bible than there is in all the other literature of the ages. The man who studies the Bible, even if he does not study any other book, will possess more real wisdom. Wisdom that counts for eternity as well as time. Wisdom that this perishing world needs. Wisdom for which hungry hearts today are starving. Than the man who reads every other book and neglects his Bible. I remember, I remember my last daughter. I used to make her sit down at that table and she had to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation seven times. She had to read that and she used to be angry with me. One time I went out and this person didn't even know and she said, whose child is this? I said, that's my daughter. She said, oh, she's full of wisdom. She's full of the word. The time the girl haven't even surrendered her life to Jesus. Doesn't matter. That means that word is growing in her. And one day she's going to preach this word because the word is already inside of her. And so this has been illustrated over and over again in the history of the church. 
men who have greatly affected the spiritual history of this world, those who have brought about great reformation in morals and doctrines, men whom others have flocked to hear and on whose words people have hung, have been men of the Bible in every instance. In many cases, they knew little besides the Bible. Some of them never went to school. Some of them couldn't read. But somehow the Holy Spirit taught them how to read and led them to the Word of God and taught them. And some of them are great, the greatest preachers filled with the Holy Ghost. I have known unsophisticated men and women who knew little more than their Bibles. I would rather sit at their feet and learn the wisdom that falls from their lips than listen to the man well-versed in philosophy, science, and even theology if he does not know anything about the Word of God. There is wonderful force in the words of Paul to Timothy. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Second Timothy chapter three was 16 to 17. Through what? Through the study of the Bible. The word of God has the power to give assurance of eternal life. First John five and 13 we read, these things that I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That is, the assurance of eternal life comes through what is written. What should we do with someone who is not sure of his salvation? Tell him to pray until he gets assurance? Not at all. No. No. Instead, take him to a passage such as John 3.36. Let me say that again. What should we do with someone who is not sure of his salvation? Tell him to pray until he gets assurance. Uh-uh, no, no, no. Take him instead to the passage of the word of God, John 3.36, that says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Make him focus on that point until he takes God's word as truth and knows he has everlasting life because he believes on the Son and because God says, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. The word of God has the power to bring peace into the heart. In Psalm 85 verse 8 we read, I will hear what the God, the Lord, will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. Many people today are looking for peace. And we pray, Lord, give me peace. Lord, give me peace. Oh, I need some more peace. Longing for peace and praying for peace. But deep peace of heart comes only from the study of the word of God. There is, for example, one passage in the Bible that if fed on daily until it becomes indelibly written on your hearts, will banish all anxiety forever. It is Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Nothing can come to us that is not one after all things. 
And I need to feast on that more because the other night I panicked. But I'm always telling the people, are you a child of God? And if you are, then all things are going to work together for good to them that love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Yes. Well, it's all things working together for good. But the other night I panicked. I forgot the scripture in a moment. And so we have to know if we really believe this passage and it really takes hold on us, nothing will disturb our peace. The word of God has the power to produce joy. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. And Jesus said in John 15, verse 11, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Clearly then, fullness of joy comes through the word of God. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That means I've got the word down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I have the love of Jesus in my H-E-A-R-T. The love of Jesus. We have the word of God inside of us. There is no joy on this earth from any worldly source like the joy that kindles and glows in the heart of a believer in Jesus Christ. This joy comes as he feeds on the word of God and as the word of God is engraved on his heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Patience, comfort, and hope also come through the word of God. People say, oh Lord, I need more patience. Please give me more patience. But then if you're not putting any word of God in you, then you could you could ask for that forever. Patience, comfort, and hope also comes through the word of God. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Finally, the word of God has a power to protect us from error and sin. In Acts chapter 20, verse 29 to 32, the Apostle Paul warned the elders at Ephesus of the errors that would creep in among them. He commended them in closing to God and to the word of his grace. In a similar way, Paul, writing to Timothy, the bishop of the same church, said, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We need the word of God because as we know right now there's a lot of imposters they transform themselves as an angel of light we need the word of God the one who feeds constantly on the word of God is protected from committing errors it is simple neglect of the word that has left so many believers 
prey to the many false doctrines with which the devil in his subtlety is endeavoring to infiltrate the church of Christ today. The word of God not only has the power to protect from error, but from sin as well. In Psalm 119 verse 11 we read, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you have to hide the word inside of you. What is going to happen when one day there's no Bible around? Ah, but if you store it in your heart, the Holy Spirit will bring up the scripture which you need. The man who feeds daily on the word of God will be protected against the temptations of the devil. Any day we neglect to feed on the word of God, we leave an open door through which Satan is sure to enter our hearts and lives. Even, a son, even the Son of God himself met and overcame the temptations of the adversary by the scriptures. To each of Satan's temptations, Jesus replied, it is written. Well, how would Jesus know? Because in, in his humanity, in his humanity, he had to study the scroll. Ah, he never thought of that. Yeah, in his humanity, he had to study the scroll. Matthew 4 and 4, verse 4, and verse 7 and 10. Jesus quoted the scripture. It is written, Satan left the field completely vanquished. He was shocked. So we need to study the word of God. It is evident from what has been said that the first step in obtaining fullness of power in Christian life and service is the study of the word. There can be no fullness of power in life and service if the Bible is neglected. In much that is now written on power, this fact is overlooked. The fact of the work of the Holy Spirit is magnified, but the instrument through which the Holy Spirit works is largely forgotten. The result is transient enthusiasm and activity, but no steady continuance and increase in power and usefulness. We cannot obtain or maintain power in our own lives or in our work for others unless there is deep and frequent meditation on the word of God. If our leaf is not to wither and whatever we do is to prosper, our delight must be in the law of the Lord and we must meditate on it day and night. Psalm 1 verse 2 to 3. Of course, it is much easier and more agreeable to our spiritual laziness to go to a revival claiming a filling with the Holy Spirit and they pay money to go to these revivals, these conf conferences because they are lazy. They don't want to spend time in the Word of God. So they run there thinking they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course, it is much easier and more agreeable to our spiritual laziness. Let me repeat that again. To go to a revival meeting or conference every year claiming a filling with the Holy Spirit than it is to inch along day after day, month after month, year after year, digging into the Word of God. But a filling with the spirit that is not maintained by persistent study of the word will soon vanish. 
Yes. Yes. It will vanish. Precisely, there are people who go in church and the preacher has the word of God and he preach a message. Sometimes he just teach the message and the people come outside and you ask them, well, what was the message they can't remember? What was the word they can't remember? You need to fill yourself with the word of God. You have to dig into the word of God. But a filling with the spirit that is not maintained by persistence so that the word will soon vanish. Precisely the results that Paul in one place ascribed to being filled with the spirit, Ephesians chapter 5, 18. In another place, he attributed to letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Evidently, Paul knew of no filling with the Holy Spirit, divorced from deep and constant meditation of the word. To sum it all up, anyone who wishes to obtain and maintain fullness of power in Christian life and service must feed constantly on the word of God. And so the word of God, I love the word of God. And so what a friend I found. Jesus, the Word of God. What a friend I found Closer than a brother I have felt your touch The Holy Spirit More intimate than lovers The Holy Spirit will teach you the Word of God But you got to Take yourself and apply it with your eyes and read it. And if you can't see it, let somebody give you a tape to let you hear it. Because your faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I have felt your touch more intimate than lovers. Jesus, 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 you're my friend forever. What a hope I found, more faithful than a mother it would break my heart to ever lose each other jesus 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 He's my friend forever. And Jesus is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus was from Genesis to Revelation. The Word of God is powerful, but we need to put it in our hearts. Listen, there's going to come a time, who knows, 
when you can't find a Bible. But if you've hidden the word of God inside of you, no one can take it out of you. I remember someone was very sick and they were, had to have an operation. And, and I was telling them, I said, you, you're going to have to have this operation. And she said, yeah, but she's going to tell the doctor, please, when he cut her, don't take the Holy Spirit out of her. Well, that was really funny. But she loved the Lord. David said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So I say, take not Jesus from me. Take not the word from me. Take not the Holy Spirit from me. The Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. So hold on to the word. Take an hour of your day or maybe 45 minutes of your day. You and the word and the Holy Spirit and sit down and study it and meditate on it. Something you don't understand, you ask the Holy Spirit what it means. Don't skip over the words in the Bible because every word is a light. So don't skip it. Even if you have to try to pronounce those long words, complicated words. But the word of God, we need to study it. And so may God bless you today. May his grace and his mercy overshadow you today and keep you safe. God bless you. I love you. I love you. I love you. The most important thing in these evil days, we're going to remember today what I said. Today, the 6th of September. The time now, I'm talking to you right now, is 10, 12 a.m. In the months and months and months to come, we're going to need the Word of God. We're going to have to draw on the Word of God. And so, I love you. God bless you. Have a blessed, blessed day. And if you can hear, the rain just came pouring down. And I just love the rain as it falls on this metal roof outside. It, 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 it sounds like I'm in a, in a forest. And so that's the living water right now. The natural water that comes down from God. Isn't it awesome? I love you. God bless you. Have a blessed day today.